This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. So on the panel on the Hafta today we have in the office Manisha Pandey. Hi Manisha. Hi. Miraj Sloan. Hello. Raman Kripal. Hi. Joining us from Patna our very own Anand Vardhan. Hi Anand. Hello. And joining us is also Yogita Limaye. Uh, she is the India correspondent for BBC. She has been with them for 8 years and she has also in the past worked for CNN IBN and she's reported from Korea from the Middle East and has had stints in various parts of the world she has uh, covered a range of issues including the Syrian conflict the refugee crisis in Greece and the North Korea South Korea never ending saga so uh, welcome uh, yogita thank you for joining us thanks very much for having me so where are you right now i am in mumbai Uh, that's where I'm based. I see. So I believe you're also keeping a watch on what happened this morning at uh, Vishakhapatnam. You have uh, BBC crew on the ground there, or are you like covering it from Maharashtra? What do you know of what's happening there? Uh, so we don't actually have BBC crew on the ground in Vishakhapatnam, but because uh, you know the BBC launched a Telugu language service. uh about uh, you know a little over 2 years ago you know the great thing is that we have people in the region who can sort of bring in the news for us uh and you know in this odd situation where we're all stuck because of the coronavirus crisis i mean ordinarily i can imagine that we would be perhaps already on a flight going to Vishakhapatnam at this stage but obviously we can't do that right now uh, and so we're relying heavily on the information that is being brought in by uh, you know our BBC Telugu colleagues there uh, we woke up of course to these sort of very distressing visuals on social media of people lying on the ground uh, suffering from breathlessness and uh, you know so far obviously the information that we are getting is that hundreds are affected but the scale i think yet you know quite unknown and sure. i don't think we'll know it for some time yeah i mean the last i saw there were five deaths and uh, they were still rushing people to the hospital and really scary this gas leaked and and um, it's called pvc i think polyvinyl chloride or something they were saying so- well uh, i mean yeah we're still understanding sort of how toxic the gas is i mean the latest number that we have from our colleagues is that eight people have died oh okay uh, and it leaked at about sort of uh, 3 a.m local time which means you know people would have been in their homes and asleep so actually the disaster sort of response force is going door to door to check whether sort of there are any people who are unconscious in their homes i mean we know from uh, you know eyewitnesses that residents did run out in a panic and uh, you know that's where i think some of the visuals we're seeing coming from people laying sort of on the on the ground on the road but uh, you know obviously we don't know uh, how many people are still perhaps in their homes and unconscious so that's what we know the disaster management team is doing right now and oh sorry i'll just correct myself at the gas apparently styrene pvc was one of the polymers that was made in the factory that's not really a gas anyway i don't know much about chemistry so um yogita now you've been with the bbc for 8 years i just wanted to ask you a general media related question here the bbc specifically and the foreign media in general are often attacked by certain elements of the indian media as towing the western line and Uh, you know that that they they are not serving indian interests do you face that often in your career when you talk to colleagues who work for indian news organizations other than studio screamers is that a narrative that also plays out in the community of journalists and to what extent is it true that there is certain i mean i think bbc and cnn maybe less so because they use a lot of indian correspondents but the economist i have seen certain pieces that they write I read it and I'm saying 
clearly someone who's not been to India has written this. Because I guess Economist doesn't really have such a solid Indian crew. You know, both bits. What do you make of these constant attacks of news becoming so partisan that BBC will only serve Western interests and not the interests of journalism? Arnab Goswami actually said on a debate that, <laughs> that? he appealed to Boris Johnson to lock them up. Lock them up. <laughs> Lock so, all yes. I mean, we've faced a lot of attacks, obviously, uh, you know, from people on television and obviously on social media, we're attacked uh, pretty much all the time, personally, as well as sort of on an organization level. I can't say that I've actually been accused of sort of an anti-India bias by anybody I've met in person or, you know, f- other friends I have sort of in the Indian news space or who are, you know, my fellow journalists who I meet on the ground or on the field. So, you know, I've, I've, I've never been at the receiving end of something like that, but yeah, you know, you very often receive it on social media and uh, on TV. And, you know, from uh, it's difficult to comment on sort of other organizations and what um, their composition is like simply because I don't actually know. Uh, you know, what I know of the BBC, and I think this is a significant change and it's something that, you know, in many ways, I, uh, you know, as a journalist in general, I do feel proud of that, you know, there was a time when even in the BBC, the biggest stories when they broke, you'd have sort of somebody... Uh, who is foreign uh, flying into this country and reporting from here, that has changed to such a massive extent. I mean, I'm an Indian national. Uh, I'm their Indian correspondent. My biggest sort of range of experience is from India and South Asia. And, you know, that is the writing and the producing, you know, uh, very often I think people have this impression that we just file stuff into London and then they create something out of it, which is sort of entirely not how we operate, actually. Every story that we do here is written by a team that is here, is edited by a team that is here and then sent to London. And of course, we have editorial processes. So there will be, you know, many pairs of eyes looking for it simply to follow the rigor of, you know, to make sure that you're not biased. Journalistic filters, yeah. But but the final product is sent. It's I mean, it's a packaged product sent, not raw stuff yes, that now you cook exactly. it. So, you know, this entire thing about towing a foreign line. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure sort of where that comes in or perhaps it comes from a place where they don't know the processes. Okay, does anybody else Or want- it comes from, the, from a no. place where they tow the line and they imagine that everybody does the same. <laughs> I think like three, uh, in the recent time, three incidences where BBC specifically came under fire. One was Kashmir. They were the first to report on protests in Kashmir. Right. Till then we had TV journalists, you know, talking about biryani being eaten by Ajit Doval and normalcy. Khushi, khushi ki leher. The, they were the first to bring us a report from Kashmir. The video footage yeah. of the protests, yeah. Which was happening and it turned out it was true. There was nothing. I mean, everyone but, accused them of fake news, but that was... Then I think Yogita herself did a report on Corona from Maharashtra where she interviewed a doctor who spoke about how unprepared they were. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I think that also got them a and bit of the flag, but, Delhi but these are facts. that happened in February, yeah. the communal violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I interviewed Jamie Angus. I think he's director of your World Service Group, right? Yes. In March. And, yes. Um, I mean, it was a revelation to me of how actually the allocation is done because you know, Boris Johnson had threatened that because the BBC was clearly not favorable to him during the election. And it does have like a liberal bias. I do think it does. But I think most news organizations around the world do. Other than a few which have become very popular. But we can get into the reasons for that later. It is the parliament has already assigned the funds for the BBC for seven years. Hmm. That means if Boris Johnson does anything today, that also has to be by an act of, of uh, where he has to amend uh, an act in parliament. So it doesn't impact today anyway. So it's quite a foolproof way of actually keeping it independent of any kind of influence of even the government. I think it's a it's a clever 
because you know you don't know who's in power five or seven years from now so no one wants to kind of mess with that but i would just uh, if anybody wants to weigh in on this because i want to just use this opportunity to also talk about the pulitzer prizes so anand if you want to weigh in on this and then we can move you know i think uh, bbc was set up under royal charter and not act of parliament so they are more accountable they were more accountable to the lordships and not public officials no the budgets so, are allocated by the parliament uh, that, that that would be done means i am saying about accountability pattern right so politicians prime minister know margaret thatcher famously said that she fought three elections against bbc so <laughs> but i am talking about uh, the I- I indian perspective on bbc and it has a uh, means long history it is it also has to do with the indian diplomatic community i don't believe that a news platform can be consistently anti something or pro something Uh, I also I don't believe that biases can only creep in only if it is done from a western capital and not uh, from their own uh, set of correspondents in a country uh, so uh, it could be a set of biases which uh, the biases could be uh, different but the bias common. nevertheless hmm. uh, common uh, common in every so is uh, there are two ways i think it has a uh, india has a very uh, two pronged approach to bbc there is a generation which is very nostalgic about growing up with bbc i was one of them so uh, which uh, in remote places grew up with bbc broadcast and something like that though very conscious of its uh, and the limitations of its perspective in 1940 when uh, in apart from bbc when it's uh, a hindustani service which was later bbc hindi in, in on 11th may 1940 it was set up if i remember right and what was expected and the first criticism that came from the indian leadership of bbc was that it was the newest technology then for indians uh, apart from radio and all india radio so and the a british service and it didn't cover the bengal famine of 1943 right to the extent that indians wanted and it didn't cover and the, uh, mr stephens who was the editor of statesman was the one who did it so uh, it somehow passed its radar and next when you have bilateral confrontations or even battles was like in 1965 it was accused of it uh, interestingly in 1970 there is an academic paper by i think he was uh, i'm forgetting him, his name is uh, perhaps alexander prinkston he wrote about the new imperialist approach of bbc to covering south asia and it was a critique of a documentary called calcutta in mid 1970s indira gandhi government is asked bbc to pack up for its bias then you or you have in 2001 uh, this uh, modern asian history teacher at oxford premi adi writing a detailed critique in one of indian newspapers then you 2008 they were criticized for calling the mumbai terrorists as gunmen and mm, the, then in 2016 obviously the most the association of mqm movement with indian funding which was 
even some Pakistani commentators said it was poorly sourced and read like a Chinese whisper written in hurry. So there is a history to it. To, there are two dimensions to it. One is which is very nostalgic about it, which grew up with it, which was its window to the world. And then there are apprehensions about the kind of reporting so I guess, that's done. I guess it's not a necessarily 2020 phenomenon, but I think the obvious hostility that the media has to serve the country's government or there is something like, you know, serving a patriotic cause rather than serving news and the two may not necessarily overlap. And I just want to, like, for example, now this Pulitzer Prize case, I'm just for context, you know, before we discuss it and uh, those of you who have read this are aware that Dar Yaseen, Mukhtar Khan and Channi Anand of the Associated Press won the Pulitzer Prize for feature photography and this is for their work in Kashmir. Mm. Now, maybe Mehraj could tell us what exactly the reporting of Associated Press from Kashmir was. But there has been this, I mean, I don't want to talk about social media because social media, they're always pushing back on something or the other. But even many journalists have said that, um, you know, how can we celebrate a Pulitzer when the media narrative that they were reporting was that India is an aggressor or is unfair of what's happened to Kashmir. Or even people like Sambit Patra, he tweeted that anti-India... So-called Indian journalists. So-called Indian journalists, anti-India propaganda. So, in that context, A, Mehraj, just tell us what was their coverage like? And B, in times like this, has journalism become such a... um, I mean, is it at odds with the current interpretation of patriotism that we can't even celebrate, you know, Indian journalists winning such a prestigious award? Or is there some truth that it was very one-sided the coverage because I really haven't I don't know the specifics of these stories so on booze context जैसे ठेके खोले जानवरों की तरह लोग मतलब टूट पड़े जानवर के नहीं तरी नहीं था कहीं कहीं पे पीपल वर यू नो एंड दे वुड डू दैट इन अ टेंपल आल्सो इट्स नॉट दैट जस्ट आउटसाइड अ लिकर जस्ट बिकॉज़ आई स्टैंडिंग आउटसाइड लिकर स्टोर यू आर शेमिंग देम मेनी पीपल आल्सो फॉलोड सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग एंड वेटेड पेशेंटली फॉर बूज नैनीताल वीडियो डिड यू सी no. In hailstorm, they were standing with their umbrellas, maintaining a distance, Social distance. waiting for their... So, so, but some, in some thekas, there was a free-for-all. Yeah. And so many governments said, Sala band karo. And Delhi government said, 70% tax lagao. Now... Uske baad bhi. Uske baad bhi, toot pade log. Ab is par kya kena hai, Manisha? Problem kya hai? Sabse pehle, mei problem hai, mei bulna chahongi ki, band nahi hona chahiye tha. Because... Some people like to drink milk, some people like to drink beer. This is an essential <laughs> service. No, alcohol I hope my niece and nephew aren't listening to this podcast. No, but there's... If you can have the mother dairy booth open, why can you not have takers open? It makes no sense. There is nothing... It's not that a beer bottle is going to transmit corona more than a milk bottle. And it's as essential to many people as... you know. And sure. in fact, doctors have said you have a glass of beer and the lockdown will probably help you. It will keep you calm and sane. Hmm. So there was no need for this moralistic approach of saying now ban all... And journalists also went on. Even Rajdeep gave some moralistic tweet. No? Uh, what does it say about our country and all? What, what does it say about our country that people that are people drinking? people are lining. I, I don't think any other country apart from Thailand and I think South um, South Africa has 
banned liquor in India. But New York has been reeling in, under Corona. They have uh, alcohol as essential services. Europe, it's available everywhere in supermarkets. Also, uh, New York is having more deaths in a day than we have in a week. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's absolutely, it's just a stupid Guju dry state mentality that's been thopoed on the whole country. Okay. Which I think is ridiculous. And I think also this whole judgment of people standing outside the, you know, thekas trying to buy is just very classist. Just because you see a poor man buying alcohol doesn't mean he's a wife beater or he's a criminal. He's some debauched guy who needs, you know, who should think about his life. Maybe he just wants a drink, yeah. His business is shut. Corona everywhere. I mean, kind of just wants a bloody drink. And the kind of question journalists were asking, yeah. I saw it on the TV. What? Like what? Aapki umar kitni hai? He saw somebody with the white hair. Hmm. So, in 61 years, Salah Sharam didn't come. He took a drink. It was so ridiculous. So, the, so, didn't the guy in Liza say, what did you do? No, no, no. Then he's asking him, ki what brand you are going to buy? And then he's asking, how many bottles are you going to buy? Exactly. I saw an NDTV reporter. He said, what do you want? Today, you don't get a press conference free, Salah reporter. You go to the car and go to the press conference. I swear. I don't know. I don't know. This NDTV reporter met a guy and he the guy said basically बहुत line है तो I'll come back again तो he's like आप बड़े दुखी लग रहे हो कि आपको मिली नहीं वो guy is like नहीं नहीं मैं तो सब्जी लेने आया था तो मैंने सोचा साथ ही साथ wine भी खरीद के ले जाऊँ वो भी बेचारा explain करे कि no actually हमें ये फ़ोटो सब्जी I mean this kind of moralizing is ridiculous it makes So that you are able to hide that bottle. Yeah. Mm. So anybody like carrying a bottle is being considered. All chemists ah, will yes, put it yes. in a black bag. Or they'll, all they'll, all they'll pack it <laughs> in a newspaper. <laughs> so I mean, this is the attitude. So, so obviously. Mehraj, you have any views on this? Now that Manisha has got it out of the system. <laughs> Not really. I mean, this is the. I think the one thing that should be kept in mind is because, like doctors have said, experts have said, that people who are like dependent on the drink and they have withdrawal symptoms actually in the initial days of the lockdown where i stay so there was this one guy he came out in the middle of the night and started shouting like the whole neighborhood woke up mm. and then next day we realized this was the case so he was having withdrawal Kerala, symptoms there was a suicide also i, I mean so I, I for know one was reported they people like that especially i mean for them it's as essential as medicine right so you have to make sure that they they don't suffer for lack of this but on the other side also i mean it's not a simple matter also if you are opening a an establishment which is leading to overcrowding i mean the whole purpose of shutting these things down, down was to so prevent that if it's happening then you have to find a way for that right. and also i saw there were uh, i think protests in karnataka by women who said don't open the yeah, shops because i mean we're having problems at home after right. this happens and if you remember in the last election i mean anand would know better mm. last election in bihar this was a huge issue yeah, prohibition nitish kumar won a lot of women voters because yes. then he promised so, prohibition so i mean i think alcohol is always going to be one of those which has pros and cons but uh, anand where are you getting your fix from these days <laughs> anand's a teetotaler no, as a lifelong uh, teetotaler <laughs> i i I am no sympathy with anyone who was using <laughs> it. So, <laughs> I see. Okay. So, Anand's motto is now piunga na pina dunga. Haven't you haven't you seen um, Mard? No, <laughs> no. In Mard, Amrish Puri has a famous dialogue. 
आज मैं ब्लैक डॉग पीऊंगा क्योंकि जब भी मैं सॉरी यार आईएएस में ये भी पढ़ना होता है कि, कि तुम ये कर रहे कि पढ़ रहे थे आनंद इसीलिए तो फेल हैं <laughs> कि जब भी मैं एक कोई रंगीन तितली देखता हूँ मेरे जिसम में कुत्ते भौंकने लगते हैं और मैं ब्लैक डॉग पीता हूँ महाराष्ट्रेंगे they're scared there's health problems they're not being fed here and i know many people who, uh, in delhi who are organizing just people to be fed because there's just so many migrants sitting all over the place so karnataka had requisition trains then they cancelled them because apparently and this has been reported by newspapers and portals uh, including the express ndtv etc that uh, yedurappa had a meeting with builders and they said sale ye sab chale jayenge to wapas nahi aayenge to jab building hame start karni hogi there will be no labor So he cancelled the train. Sala, you can't go back. Now 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 then videos have emerged the kind of places these guys are being kept in the kind of conditions are being kept in they have no source of income although the yedurappa government has done a decent job of making sure that there's some basic income reaches and rations are distributed but it is still far from adequate and that no state has those resources there is no social distance where the places where they so stay. that is the context and this has led to at least in my view among people who have some basic because this is the story that there's an overlap of human interest governance and its covid it is the perfect story to make prime time television and hardly anyone went with it so yeah that's the context anand your view on this uh, sorry before anand starts mm. this is not even reportedly anymore because the chief minister's office himself has put out the saying that we had a meeting with builders so and we decided this so they yeah. have acknowledged it is yeah. because of the builder lobby yeah. okay anand your view on this See, restricting any kind of movement uh, is not fair. It's in fact uh, it's a violation of fundamental right to, because right to movement is uh, guaranteed in in the part three of the constitution, which uh, talks about fundamental rights. But uh, there is uh, there are some untold stories about migrants being uh, and uh, how, uh, like say, green revolution in. punjab haryana or western up so the farmers the punjab farmers haryana farmers western up farmers so they are glorified and rightly so for having very productive fields and filling india's uh, granaries but even that was the sweat of migrant labor and uh, there has been a concerted effort by the landowners there to retain it in i remember in 2000 uh, around uh, the time when manrega came and some migrant labor had very high hopes that they now don't need to go to those uh, estates 
and uh, but that was a very short-lived uh, hope and it was that's uh, because Manrega is just a pretense and that cannot sustain them and uh, even that was poorly implemented it is still there so uh, there were newspaper reports in Bihar that the agents of these big farmers in Punjab, Haryana and Western UP were going to villages in Bihar to pick the labor and convince them to go back with higher wages. Right. And they, they came to very remote villages. Uh, one of them came to my village also, and uh, he was from Western UP, and the labor had not gone back, and they came to convince him to go back. So it, it has been uh, the fears of, say, builder lobby there, as you say it, I can relate it to what happened back then. So we are no say anxieties of the builder lobby, as you put it, say that uh, what they will do. So it is somehow rooted in that the charm of cheap labor, the charm of cheap labor is always there. And uh, the fear of losing that is always there. So that can, I hope that can reasonably explain that phenomenon. Mehraj, you want to tell us what you think of this? I think in hindsight, I mean, this whole, at least now, the lockdown, the severe lockdown that has happened, I think it's a moral abomination right now. I think the lockdown was imperative. I, I, don't, I don't for a second doubt that the lockdown didn't have to happen. I certainly have views on what could have been done to make sure there is food available. But the lockdown itself is too complicated for me to give a black and white to. If I were to say, if there was a referendum, should there be a lockdown or not? I would still vote yes. I would vote it with riders saying that you have to, of course, provide for certain things. Because the other side, it is so bad. And we've seen that in the world over where they didn't do lockdowns. The numbers have been insane. So I don't for a moment doubt that the lockdown in India has really, we've dodged a bullet. Now, I don't know if we'll continue to or not, but Aditya has just sent me an article, Aditya, a wonderful producer, that the Madhya Pradesh government, Shivraj Chauhan's government, who decided to break all social, me- social what is it, distancing norms to form his government and jump around with all the defectors and say, Dekho, ban gaya. Now they plan to ease labor laws and factory uh, to industry. In fact, I will quote from this piece in Business Standard. It says, um, the Madhya Pradesh government is planning to introduce a slew of changes to labor laws, including allowing more factories to operate without following safety and health norms and give a free hand to new companies to, uh, this is quote, quote, Keep laborers in service as per their convenience, unquote. So I really shudder at what these labor laws are going to be. It was a conscious decision of the home ministry to, uh, you know, uh, take all these uh, migrant laborers, whoever wants to go back home, they should go back home. So they were arranging uh, buses, they were arranging uh, trains. trains. It was a conscious decision of the government. Okay. Having said that, as Anand said that uh, right to movement is a fundamental right, mm. period. Okay. I think on the part of the Karnataka, it's a state-sponsored kidnapping. Right, yeah. That's I mean, that's is. what I feel. That is, yeah. It's a state. I mean, if you literally mm. see through the lens of laws, mm. it is kidnapping. Mm. And then the way this Madhya Pradesh, uh, you know, chief minister is speaking... This is slavery. This will amount to slavery. Exactly. I mean, if you just force the labor... I think, I, I think what uh, this one's action, um, Yadurapa's action and Tejasvi Surya's tweet and him appearing on primetime defending it demonstrated was 
that they think something like this will be given a free pass even the questioning that was done to him was so soft mm. considering what he has said and this was not by a sudhir or it was by india today group which are not typically the i mean i still have my problems some of the buffoons there but even there it wasn't that dude what like what are you saying it was still like that monkey balancing in fact i'll come to mail around that manisha and you, you know all the racism that migrants have had to face in the southern states including karnataka and kerala where there's this hostility that north indians have come and even for migrant laborers like now why don't you use your own people yeah mm. now get someone from karnataka get someone from bangalore get local labor to work on your sites like why do you have to hold bihari up migrants to hostage like this and secondly i i don't think i think the their way home the tickets or whatever the arrangements should have been made by the builder companies themselves that's too much to expect of them but i think it's their duty they these guys for all practical purposes are their employees building companies i think account for maximum npas and stressed assets so taxpayers are already supposed to be billing them out of their you know ta- um, accounting balancing sheet mess on top of that i don't think the state government should be also providing for their employees these guys are their employees if we criticize zomato for not taking care of their employees or we're not you know we criticize yeah. uber ola for not taking care of their employees we should criti- criticize these builder companies for not taking care of guys who are essentially their employees so do pay to keep news free and write to us at contact at newslaundry with any advice critique or suggestions you have i repeat contact at newslaundry.com we will only read the emails of subscribers on that note thank you all thank you thank you bye bye all of you listening in the chota hafta do subscribe so you can listen to the entire hafta we will see you again next week with the hafta till then subscribe pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay advertisers served thank you goodbye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs>